What is up? I am Evan Lovett, and welcome to my new podcast, In a Minute with Evan Lovett. This is an Odyssey original brought to you by my company, In a Minute Media, coming to you live from my studio in the heart of my favorite city in the world, Los Angeles, California. Let's get into it. Yo, this is episode 22 of In a Minute with Evan Lovett. Coming to you from the IM studios in the heart of Los Angeles, but wow, do we have a good episode coming up today. I'm here with two friends of mine, both of whom you've probably come across on Instagram or TikTok. One is Eddie Sanchez, better known as Hungry in LA. Now he's a professional food photographer and videographer, and he's worked with some major brands, the Dodgers, Coca-Cola, Wolfgang Puck. He's got a good story. And I love this dude. Can't wait to talk to him. Also here is Greg Sims, better known as Grub with Greg on Instagram and TikTok and the drive time DJ on K-Earth 101. And this dude single-handedly changed the in and out secret menu. No joke. He's also fantastic. And dude, we're going to have some great conversation because this is the LA food episode. Los Angeles has been an innovator for food around the globe. I've told you guys about this. We talk about almost every episode in some capacity. And LA has influenced more restaurants than any city on the planet. That is not an overstatement. We're coming at LA food from every angle. Not just our favorite spots, though we're going to hit on those. But taste, history, origin stories, fun facts, innovations, culture. All right, y'all. This is the LA food episode. Let's get into it. First off, some introductions. Eddie and Greg are not food, quote, influencers. I mean, they are. But the thing is, both of these guys have had professional training in the culinary arts. And their appeal, at least to me, is that their approaches are unique, mature, and informative. They don't just eat food and say it's delicious, though that's part of it too. They both add value to the LA food scene, and that's why I decided to have them on In a Minute with Evan Lovett. Now, Eddie, the Hungry in LA stems from your actual vocation as a food photographer, but you have a very stylistic approach to the places you cover. You also include dope music. Give us a rundown of how Hungry in LA started and what it means to you. Dude, well, first of all, thanks for having me, man. It's uh, always great to hang out with you. Um, now, can I have to interject here and talk, or is this like, do I have to you're stay quiet? You're coming up. Yeah, Don't I, you worry. I have guy. to stay you're, quiet? You're coming. Wait, <laughs> wait your turn. No, okay, because no. this is difficult for me to <laughs> you, you remain so quiet. You can't take the but DJ out of the studio, guys. I'm sorry. Let's I go. Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I started Hungry in LA just started really uh, 2000, 2009. Like, Instagram wasn't around. And it started because my wife and I were newly newly married. When we dated, we'd always go explore, you know, dining scenes. One, I always feel like this is the same, uh, like, story for every, like, food blogger or whatever. It's like the same origin story. I just love to eat and tell people about it. But really, in a nutshell, that's what it was. Yeah. I love to eat, tell people, tell, tell people about it. I was in finance for so many years, so I had no creative outlet. Finance, jeez. Yeah. And that was my creative outlet. I'm like, cool, let's just, you know post blog posts of where I like to eat not thinking anything of it really just a creative outlet here hold this hot dog <laughs> yeah exactly here look yeah and then and back then we didn't even have great cameras uh the photography thing was just something I was always into it's uh 
I took a class just for an easy A because someone said you need an arts elective. Take photography because Mr. Thomas actually just lets you watch movies, you know, (laughs) if you're not out on the field shooting. I'm like, that sounds great. But honestly, fell in love with it. And so I always liked the culinary arts, food, photography, just kind of married the two together. And really, it wasn't until like about Instagram came out that it was photo heavy. So I was able to kind of showcase the places that I love to eat um, to an audience that was available because the blog went nowhere in 2009, man. So, okay. So with the blog going nowhere, but you love photography and you're taking pictures, there's a lot of people taking pictures and putting them on Instagram. You turned it into a career though. How did that happen? I think I remember early on when Instagram came, came around, it was even the hashtag iPhone only. You got credit for only using your phone and throwing on one of those ugly filters, right? So I remember going to events with other like food Instagrammers or food bloggers at the time, and I would just bring my camera. And at that time, it was almost seen as like juicing, you know, like, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Like, 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 oh, wait, you're cheating. You're using a, a camera. But I'm like, well, I, I, I love photography. I'd rather take my picture of my food with this. And so it kind of stood out on the grid a bit. And yeah. I ended up getting like, you know, I tag a place that I was, you know, visiting and, and covering just on my own and with a, a DSLR photo. And it stood out. And so that kind of got worked that way too. And it just built a portfolio and just really fell into it. Did you put that lo-fi filter on it? What were <laughs> some of those? That, that was one of my favorite. Remember to, to be honest with you, I, I did love that one. Yeah. I gotta be honest. In the border? Yeah. With a big like vignette, vignette. Yeah. Like it was just like dark around the edges <laughs> so all the time. Stupid. Yeah. Greg, Greg, tones. Greg, you're coming up, I promise. But I got one more. Eddie, what was your first paid gig? First paid gig uh, was, yeah, it was like this hotel uh, that was looking for restaurant photography. And they're like, well, uh, what are your rates? And at the time, like, man, I I don't know. This is, um, this was like 10 years ago. And I was like, I'm not sure. You weren't charging back then? You weren't charging for anything? I was really just trying to build a portfolio. I had a, so my day job was great. I, I worked in government finance like for years so it was like you know i had a paycheck a steady paycheck benefits all that this was just kind of like for fun never really thought that i would quit my job and Mm. do this full time um so yeah but that was that was it i had no understanding talked to other people in the industry just to get a better understanding of of the of, of everything and yeah went from there dope all right dope now my man greg now you have a fun story Formally trained as a chef in Italy. Am I right about that? Well, I trained here in LA, but then I went to Italy. Went to Italy, right. And we'll get into that. And you almost had a TV show, mm-hmm. correct? Or opportunity for a TV show. Well, yeah, that's... Oh, are you done with your questioning yet? Or but, no? but, when, when do I go? When can I start Grub now? Grub with Greg started from your work as a radio DJ on K-Earth. And it kind of started as an opportunity for you to showcase places where you have, well, grubbed. And it turned into something much greater including in and out needing to send an internal memo to all locations because of a secret menu item that you sort of discovered. And if not discovered, you brought it to the forefront. Ah, there you go. All right. So I discovered it from a guy named Diego Eats. Wow. Okay. So tell me about the origin of Grub with Greg and how it continues okay. to evolve and then tie in that in and out story because that thing was huge that it is literally all over my socials get into it uh well i have always been interested in cooking i remember being like 15 16 years old walking to the store going to buy flour and making fresh pasta my parents would come home pots were boiling pasta was hanging i was cooking I, i wanted to do that when i was a kid so but i wanted to be in radio more so i did that for a long time 
Uh, after the big meltdown of 2008, I got let go in 2009. I thought, okay, that was 20 years in radio. I'm it. That's done. That's it. So I want to go pursue cooking. I wanted to be a chef on TV. I wanted, to, you know, Emerald. I, I loved Emerald. I loved Bobby Flay, uh, Ming Tsai, all those guys who were just, it was just, you were watching one guy or girl in a kitchen and they were just cooking it. It's like, you, it was just you and them. Early Food Channel, right? That was before it's called Food Network. Wasn't it called oh, Food it, Channel or were they well, both No, things? Food Channel came after. Okay, uh, Channel came first and it Network. Was Food Network. Okay, okay, yeah. keep going. TV keep going. Food Network. So uh, we, uh, we, I'm just trying to abbreviate all the details out of this because it's a long story. Anyway, ended up going to culinary school at Le Cordon Bleu here in Los Angeles. Uh, and then they said, you have to go do an internship somewhere. So where do you want to go? So a guy came and spoke and he goes, "We're, uh, I know this little village. It's about an hour north of Rome. It was built in the uh, like the year 600 or something like that. I don't know. And it's a, it's a mom and pop farm restaurant and cooking school and they're just looking for people to help out and i was like wow, where do i sign great. up for that i i had no interest in being in a kitchen with that fast-paced environment yeah. and getting yelled yeah. at people getting thrown knives and hot <laughs> horror stories hot grease everything so i went to italy uh, for a couple months after culinary school and loved that came back uh while i was there this was in 2010 I was posting videos on my Facebook page, like I'm doing now. But my wow. wife was home with our kids. She didn't come with me. So I was posting everything I was doing. I'm eating this, I'm drinking this, I'm here, I'm there, you should see Was this. that influenced by anything at the time? Because I don't remember people sort of doing no, strictly, that. Strictly, yeah. I, I just wanted to show her. And I, I've gone back and looked and, and some of those photos have like one like. You know, wow. it's like nobody was watching him except her. It's like your rookie card. Okay, cool. exactly. Oh, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. it. So uh, anyway, I, uh, a friend of mine uh, who does voiceover here in LA and all across, he does promo voice. He's the he's the tonight on an all new Simpsons on Fox. His name is Joe Cipriano. He's a voiceover guy. You've you've heard his voice. Chances are, he was watching and he said, "If you ever." Uh, my wife and I have been watching your videos since you've been in Italy. If you ever wanted to turn this into a TV show, I know some people. When you come back, let's talk. And I'm like, that's why I'm doing yeah, this. That's the dream, right? This there. is yeah, it. Absolutely. So we did. We came back. We met up. We got hooked up with a production company here, made a sizzle reel. And the next thing I knew, we were on a plane and I was at Food Network in New York. Wow. I was like, this close to the dream. Holy yeah. crap, this is going to happen. And these three young uh, kids who are in their marketing department come in and they, you know, we play the pitch for them and they're like, okay, great. And you know, what else do you have? What does episodes 13 and 14 look like? And the production guy was just great. He handled it just perfectly. And they said, okay, thanks. And, and that was it. Never heard from them again. Never heard. It, it just like, you know, oh. six months go by and I'm like, holy crap, what do I do now? You know, there goes the dream. That was it. It was that close done. So anyway, a friend of mine who runs K-Earth 101 here in Los Angeles called, said, do you want to come back and work in radio? I said, I don't want to be on an oldie station. <laughs> he, said, he said, have you heard it lately? I said, no, I don't listen. You go, oh, so I tuned in. So that was back in. They were like, good news. Oldies is actually what you grew yeah, up with yeah, now. Bon Jovi. Yeah. When did that There'll happen? There'll be newies to you. Right. So, yeah. Bon Jovi's an oldie. Uh, anyway, so uh, that was in 2014. And I've been at K-Earth ever since then. And then just like two years ago, uh, our sales department said, hey, look. During pandemic. Yeah, twenty, just first part of twenty twenty one, 
our sales department, we had a Zoom call. They said, hey, do you, you know, we need, we need you guys to get your social media numbers up because advertisers want to, you know, use that. Uh, and, and we want to just have it as another way that, that we can, you know, hey, offer clients like, look, we have somebody with a social media following. This is all great. That's how it's done now. So they said, whatever you like to do, go out and do it. So I went. Okay, I uh, that night my son had some friends over. I was out in the back patio, and I said, "I'm going to start a food TikTok wow thing." Okay. And I said, and I had my phone in my hand, and I said, "What should I call it?" And his friend Casey, without a beat, Missy, she goes, "Grub with Greg," and I went, "Okay." So I signed up right then. <laughs> the next day, I went to Tacos La Huera on Pico and Hobart and filmed the video. Yes. Uh, filmed it uh, horizontally. Yes. Oh, so, classic. So, you know, there's the bars. The yes. bars on both sides. And that was how it started right there. And wow. I've just been going ever since. Dude, wow. that is fantastic. Okay. So, Grub with Greg, that's how that developed. Give me a little. Did she get royalties off that name now? Her? No. Yeah. <laughs> she got a free t shirt. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Give me, just because we're on the topic, and Eddie, I'm coming back to you, but. Tell me how the in and out piece developed. We got, we got to talk about that. And if you guys haven't seen it, this Flying Dutchman, I had heard of. And when I did my episode on the in and out secret menu, I mentioned the Flying Dutchman. But to be honest, I didn't really know what it was. I just knew it was a secret menu item that mm-hmm. I had an order and then just moved on. And then I see Greg. And, and for a little more background, Greg and Eddie and I have hung out a few times. They genuinely are two of my favorite people in Los Angeles, not just in the food scene. But again, we just have a good vibe and we have fun. I always watch, like, comment on the videos. But I see this thing that Greg's eating and it looked like slop. It's not very it's photogenic, messy. right? Oh, it's horrible. It's, it, and what it looked like to me was an in and out patty surrounded by cheese with, like, onions dripping off of it. And I'm like, that's a flying Dutchman. And then you like put spread on it and chopped chilies. And I'm like, I know well, this thing is delicious. A but flying Dutchman yeah. is just two, so, so. So give me the story. Take it flying from the, Dutchman yeah. is just two two meat patties and two slices of cheese, and that's how they serve it to you. Okay. It's just a if you're on keto, a carnivore diet, you know, low carb. That's how you usually order at In and Out, or you get a protein style, which is wrapped in lettuce. Yeah, which I knew the protein style, right? So I'm flipping through TikTok or Instagram. I don't even remember where. And I just saw somebody sitting in their car doing the Flying Dutchman with onions, grilled, whole grilled onions on the top and the bottom. And I I just, I looked at it for a second. I didn't even look to see who it was or anything. I said, oh, I'm going to go do that. And I just kept on scrolling, just watching content. Well, it was this, it was this kid named Diego Eats, I found out later. He says he invented it. I don't know. Some people comment and they say, dude, I've been doing that for 22 years. That's not new. So who, you know, who cares who invented it, you know? Uh, So I went that night or the next night, whatever, I went to my In-N-Out by my house. I ordered it. I pull off to the side of my car. Just, and what you see in the video is exactly what happened. I just, there was no planning. I think anybody who does this, you know, food influencing or or whatever, they, they tell you like those videos that go, just super viral like you can't plan that nobody no. plans that no there is no formula if there was we do there, it every time there would be yes. marketing companies who would say this is what you need buy my book buy my this is you don't know how it goes viral like that so how did you know when did you know that this one was was kind of hitting it big was it just ching ching you're just looking um, at that the, the I likes no it's you know with the algorithms with instagram and tiktok it, Every creator seems like they're in a different pocket of that algorithm. 
like some creators I see, they'll post something and within 30 minutes, they've got 20,000 views. Other people, it's like you post it and they got 1,000, 2,000, it's slow. So I'm kind of somewhere in between. So usually I, you can tell in that first hour yes. after you post if something's going to go viral. Mm-hmm. You just keep hitting refresh. You can see the views. <laughs> we all do. It's yes, the truth, everybody guys. Does. Behind the like, scenes. And yep, then you yep. say, wow, this is, you know, I posted this an hour ago. And it's already got 35,000 wow. views. Yeah. That's probably going to do something. And then you just keep watching and it does. And it just keeps getting pushed out. And those algorithms, they love it when people um, like something. They love it when people share a video and when they save it. Those are the three most important. That's why you always hear people, give me a like, give me a thumbs up and follow because it's really going to help me with this video. But circling back on this and just to close it out, when did it get to the point where they literally needed to distribute this memo? memo? (laughs) And there, by the way, there are copycats all over the place that have now tried this. You probably see this video in a hundred different ways, but there's some places that you can have the, the, uh, you'll see the document that was circulated inside in and out. How did that get back yeah. to you? And when did that happen? Uh, yeah. uh, another uh, foodie photographer, Adventures, I think they go by, sent me the a photograph of the internal memo. Wow. Somehow he knows, knows somebody at in and out and he got a copy of it. And it was just an internal memo from their COO, I think. His name is Denny. And he just said, all right, because of a TikTok video, people are going to come ask for the onion-wrapped Flying Dutchman. Here's how you serve it. Um, Here's how it's prepared. Serve it on a piece of wax paper and give it to him with a fork. Like, you know, down to the precise. Because it is messy. It looks messy. And and, and just for the record, you like it best with spread and chopped chilies and Uh, mustard fried? uh, Mustard, yeah. You ask for it mustard fried, mustard fried Flying Dutchman with whole grilled onions on the top and the bottom add chopped chilies mm. wow okay do you think that slows down the kitchen or anything or, or are they well has to. I, in the comments i saw some people were like no man when you order things like that i worked that in and out it, it like it slows us down yeah and, uh, yeah that, i've heard that i've i've heard but it's always tastes good I, I mean it tastes good to me because that's how i eat my i in-and-out. tried it too after seeing your video and did uh the what is it the you know, when you tag you in and you uh, yeah. remix. Okay. And yeah, it was very good. My son orders Flying Dutchman's. I don't know why. He yeah. just wants to be fatty. And I'm like, well, let's just get another one with some, onions wrapped. Bomb. Some people are like, just eat the damn burger. No, eat the looks, bun. It looks you know. incredible, it's like, man. Oh, but. Okay, Greg, you're on mute for a while because you just okay. you just took a whole Can I go no, to the bathroom? <laughs> okay. All right, all right. So now, look, we've established your guys' personal histories. I want to tie that into the L.A. food history, but personal. So, Eddie, this is coming to you. What is the food you ate or the restaurant that you tried or the moment that you fell in love with food? Um, I think we were talking about In-N-Out earlier. It's not like the necessarily moment I fell in love with food. Yeah, maybe. I remember when In-N-Out, again, not to make this an In-N-Out podcast segment. Brought to you by In-N-Out. Where's Lindsay? Hey, can we eat? No. Right. Um, But I remember being uh, like in elementary school in an In-N-Out just came over to the west side. I grew up in Culver City. This one was on Venice Boulevard next to a blockbuster video. And I would go <laughs> every oh, weekend. Yes. My dad would take me to rent a video game. Like we were, you know, we were kind oh, of poor those growing were the up. Days. Yeah. Oh. So we couldn't really buy video games, yeah. but we would rent a video game, oh, you know? And I remember like, okay, I have like three days to try to beat this yes. game. You yes, know? And it's like, absolutely. You know? So, um, so in and out had just opened next door. And my dad's like, you want to try this place out? I'm like, okay. And I was a McDonald's fan as an elementary school kid. Yes. What do I know? Uh, tried a cheeseburger and it had spread on it. 
Um, I think I did no onions because I was just a picky kids, kid. Kids, kids, yeah, yeah. No tomato too, yeah. probably, right? No tomato. No tomato. It was probably probably no lettuce thing. while we're at it. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. It was a flying Dutchman. No, <laughs> meat, <laughs> cheese, and buns. <laughs> meat, cheese, though. And I remember biting into it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. This is so good. And been a fan ever since. You heard the angels food. sing. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. But then twofold, not to take too much time, I remember getting a job at like 13, 14 years old. It was a taco shop. Yes. Uh, my my friends owned it, and they gave me a position just to be, you know, cleaning, busting tables, being at the register, and that experience working there for like that, like six months or whatever. Um, I remember the cook had to go out on a smoke break. Somebody came in to order a burrito, and I'd been there for a few months, and I'm like, dude, I mean, I know how to just, you know, make everything. This was the type of taco shop. All the meat is pretty, all everything's done. You just yeah. gotta assemble the burrito. Yeah. And I didn't even call him from a cigarette break. I just like, all right, rang him up, washed up, made the burrito. The guy's like, this is a great burrito. Not that I had anything to do with it, yeah. but I was like, dude, I really love food. I love eating it like I didn't know. I love uh, making it and experiencing it and, and showing others how good it could be, whether if, if I made it or whether I'm posting it on Instagram. Just it's, bring that happiness, you know. To it's someone. a great feeling in anybody that cooks. I, I like to cook, actually. My wife's a great cook, but... I'll get down every once in a while, but when you have that, I don't know what it is, fulfillment of serving a meal and somebody's like, this is so, and you could tell, you know, people are gonna always be like, oh, it's good. But when you could tell, they're like, ask for a second, you're like, hell yeah. Like that's that's a great feeling, that's a good story. Yep. Greg, what was the moment you fell in love with food? I, I know you were making pasta in your uh, home kitchen at 15, I know, he's but, over, but, he's but what even got you? I, I, I come from a, a family of like food over actors. Like when they eat something, oh my gosh, what is this? This is amazing. You know, yeah. they just go crazy. They fall out of the so I I looked at that as a kid and thought, wow, that's a really great way to get approval <laughs> from from people. Okay. You know, okay. I'm an approval seeker. I'm a kid, yeah, you know. So you. I think that was where it originally started. And then I just love I love uh uh Fixing something for somebody and then watching them react and love it. And it's like a connection with people. So both of you guys, it was the cooking that started it, huh? It wasn't just yeah. a love of eating or a gluttony. Uh, yeah, because back, yeah. I mean, I was, grew up in the late 70s, early 80s. And so it's like there was no YouTube. There was only a couple channels. So you mm -hmm. didn't really know. And, and like the Galloping Gourmet and Julia Child, they were too old for me to yeah, watch. So I French didn't connect with them. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. None of that stuff. So I, it was just kind of like cookbooks and then watching my parents just react when I'd make something. Yeah. Okay, that's a good story. All right, Eddie, I got one for you because this is intriguing, right? You're a food photographer. And now I've the always best. heard- best, stuff is so and it, good. It is, I'm, I'm not no. even kidding. Again, check them oh out, Hungry in LA, gosh. you must follow. It's literally beautiful, it's, it's like fun. It's like Steven Spielberg shooting these All right. dishes. And Greg is the nicest guy ever. He's, <laughs> he's, he's <laughs> the hype man, he's so good. I'm serious. <laughs> okay, so we already established that the in and out Flying Dutchman is completely not photogenic. But now everything you do needs to be photogenic. I mean, that is your job, right? So I've sort of seen and heard about they use paint, they use glue, they use toothpicks. What are some of the craziest things that you've done or seen to get a shot to make it look photogenic? Well, honestly, my approach to it is as organic as possible. Not because there's really just some, you know, like integrity behind that. Like, oh, no, I want this to be fully edible and not cheat. I think most of the work I do is with uh, with chefs, you know, a lot of times. And so 
they're cooking the food. We're not going to throw glue instead of milk to make it look like cereal or, you know, what is it, motor oil on top of pancakes to make it look like syrup. Wow. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Those are we, good ones, though, by the so way. So, really, yeah. it, it's, it's actually more nerve-wracking because you know when the food's coming out, it's going to die quickly. And so all the light, everything needs to be set up. But my the biggest trick I remember was shooting for a Miller Coors project, and it was an intense thing. We had, like, 18 different scenes at a golf course, at a, you know, a bowling alley or whatever, Jeez. and they wanted that beer to look pristine. You know, like like in the mug being poured with the perfect amount of foam. Oh no! And you know, you only get you that got in thirty the, seconds, yeah, right? Exactly. I, I can't even make that pour by myself at home. I like, know. In perfect circumstances. So, so we so had good. like a beer. Did you use egg whites? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just fluff those up. No. And, oh. Yeah, like a like a sour. No, the trick was a little bit of salt and a wooden chopstick or anything wood. Uh, kind of builds up those enzymes and makes it foam up again, and it held up pretty well. But that was probably the only thing. It's still technically edible because it's salt. So yeah. really, I just shoot making sure it's it's still edible. Even when I cook a like recipe at home, like the like I did some work for uh, some brands like uh, like Hel- uh, Hellman's Mayonnaise, Best Foods. They 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 had these recipes. I cooked them. We styled it at home, but it was still all edible. It might might be cold, but yeah, I try not to do the shortcut things. I don't know why. That's pretty dope. Yeah, because like you said, keep it organic, keep it real. Um, okay, so now. Let's dive into to an LA food that's not just had a moment, but has kind of been the consummate LA food since uh, early 20th century when uh, Lionel Sternberger invented the cheeseburger at the right spot in Pasadena, right? Wow. And burgers, chili burgers, double burgers, Bob's big boy invented the double burger. It is an LA thing, right? So speaking of burgers, I have a confession to make, okay? And this is really bugging me. This is the truth. LA is having a burger renaissance of sorts. And you're going vegan. People are people oh, are telling okay. me to try this burger, try that burger, go to this place. And I love burgers, right? I, I can never have enough burgers. But all these new burgers everybody's talking about seems to be a smash burger. Smash burgers. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it's the new thing. Now, now, they are delicious and they are great. And there are some great smash burgers out here. But I kind of feel like a smash burger. I'm not going to say they're not real hamburgers, right? But it feels like a cheat code to me, right? The frilly edges, the texture, just the style of it, where OG, like a burger that we grew up, delicious, juicy, dripping, but smash burgers, and, and they could be kind of those things, but it's almost like- They're like if the you burgers, make, what deep dish is to pizza. It's a different thing. There you go. Like, yes. So- Greg, give me your thoughts on, on a smash burger specifically. I love them. I think they're amazing. Uh, I do. I, I, Everything I, opposite yeah. of what you said. Yeah, I know. It's like, I'm never going to have a normal burger again. In no, fact, no. And some of them, they get them just right because they use those potato buns. Yeah. You can, you can soft. easily fit four or five or six of those little thin patties on a burger. Four or five or six. Sure. Well, they're smash burgers. They're probably like one out. They're, yeah, they're, yeah they're, that's they're a thing, too. You need they're to order like, yeah. Thin exactly. as a piece of paper. Those little lacy edges just crumble yeah. and fall apart. A lot of them have, you know, they're just, just cheese, and then they got that sauce they put mm. on them. And they're just, oh, I love them. It's almost to the equivalent. I'm glad you brought up the buns because another thing, and by the way, I love King's Hawaiian, but using like Hawaiian bread the for the buns. potato rolls. Uh, well, Hawaiian, brioche, though, but uh, yeah. adjacent. I'm saying brioche. You know, again, it's like a cheat code where it's like, I mean, again, you're trying to make the best of the best, but it just seems like a little bit of a shortcut. Eddie, what's your take? I think it's a fat. I think I posted something recently of this uh, Smashburger place that I thought was great. 
And I think I opened up with the question like, are if you're or or a statement of like, if you're still into, if you're not tired of Smashburgers yet, check this place out, because I think it is kind of a fad. It became. I don't know where it came out, you know, kind of like birria, right? Like all of a sudden, oh, oh that's like, everywhere oh, now. Yeah, remember it used to just be al pastor, and if you had Good that trompo, call, that was a man. that was that was a legit taco truck. I remember, um, like I I had gone away from LA for like six months or more, and then I came back, and uh, when I all of a sudden all the taco trucks were birria trucks. I'm like, yeah. when did yeah. this happen? Like you know, <laughs> yeah. and I'm not saying that's a fad or a phase. I grew up with birria at every quinceanera and like a wedding or family get-togethers, but. I think Smash Burgers is kind of the same thing. It's like it's like a fad or it's like too a, much, too like soon. I just learned to saturation. say Bia like two weeks ago. Did you? Oh yeah. man! Well, it's not going to be on its way out anytime soon, and neither I think are Smash Burgers yet. Yeah, yeah. But I do miss the old school burger, delicious, you know? juicy yeah. burger. Yeah, remember when Carl's had their six dollar burger? I, but that yeah. was that was a representation of like that's what a burger. Well, was. remember when burgers were six dollars? Yeah, I, I still remember Yikes. when like. Like to me, the the one of the best burgers, and I feel like you got to give credit to in LA uh, re- in recent history was uh, uh, Sang Yoon at Father's Office, oh. who created the first or one of the first people could be debatable uh, gourmet burgers. And the reason why, I mean, at that time, like twenty three years ago, you were like, "What is a fifteen dollar burger? A twelve dollar burger? Burgers should be like six dollars yeah. at Red Robin or whatever." Red and Robin. he like changed the game. But I do miss Hold on. those type Conf- of burgers. Confession about Father's Office, by the way. I, I went to UCLA. We used to like party Father's Office. I'd been going to, which is where the, this burger came from. I'd been going to Father's Office for three years before I realized that they even had hamburgers because I was only going there to like party and drink. For like the craft beer. And, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, like people were like, oh, the burger. Like burger? Like what? Yeah. I didn't even know that existed. So anyway. Um, Where is this place? I'm, I'm Father's sorry. Office, Father's office. Santa Monica. Now there's one. The in- original was on Montana. Yeah. yeah. He he came from like, you know, kind of like that, like almost like even Roy uh, Choi, like just from a fine dining background. Yeah. And Good ended call. up getting this uh, pub or this, this. And he was one of the first like to serve craft beer at the time. And then he had such a tiny kitchen that he eventually just like made a burger and elevated it. Okay, it's like a French onion burger. And you can't uh, order it. Uh, no modification. No modifications. Yeah. There you yeah. go. No and ketchup was, was allowed. Like yeah. it was. It was like ahead of its time. And the reason. But this why is we like late nineties. This is late nineties oh, when that still was around? like a thing. Well, oh yeah, they have uh, another location in Helms, uh, Culver, Culver City, City, right? Yeah. Nothing in Orange County. Not yet. Yes, okay, probably. that's where I'm. Okay. At. See, it's so it's as as a foodie, quote unquote. It's hard for me to ask that question because I don't want to feel dumb and I don't want to look stupid. No, but I, I just feel like I just have to go like, all right, where's what are we talking about? Oh, it's this place has been there for. 40 I mean, years. think about it. there's so many restaurants, even just in L.A. alone. What like over twenty five thousand yeah, registered L.A. County, county restaurants vendors, or more, yeah, not counting that. It's hard vendors. to keep up. Yeah, yeah, like for sure. Gotcha. Yeah. And I tried to keep. Look, my wife and I went on this kick for like ten years probably while Greg was trying to uh, show his sizzle reel and, and get his shows. <laughs> but we were going like the, we'd go out all the times before we had kids, right? And you try to hit this restaurant and the hot new restaurant and all this kind of stuff. And you can't keep no. up. You cannot keep up. So, yeah. I mean, just just go with your gut to go with what's good. Okay. Now on the same note as burgers, LA pizza has been all the rage recently. Here's the truth. I love New York pizza, but my favorite LA pizza is actually in Vegas. So I notice you call you, there. There's a relationship to Vegas. You call it LA's backyard. Damn right, I and do. you really associate it. Like is, but can you say that's LA's yes? That's true. It's Vegas. It's another state. 15. No that's, way. That's it's LA's so smart. Backyard. That's totally true. Secret pizza, the cosmos. Count. Secret no. pizza, the cosmos. My favorite because 
<clears throat> it's good Excuse though. Me. It is very good. I cannot find an LA pizza that I love. Now there are some serviceable places. There's some good places, and bad pizza is still good pizza. Okay. Oh, but, you're gonna get tons of emails. But now. right now, well, listen, I know this. <laughs> yeah. I know this. Please email but, Evan at LA in a minute. <laughs> yeah, true. Send it. <laughs> Do, but these LA places, in my opinion, are trying so hard to have great pizza. And they come up with all these fancy pies, right? Brick oven, wood fire, New York style. And I hear it's the water, why they can't create New York pizza. It's not the water. It's but not. again, water. I, I don't buy it. And I also don't buy every time I go to these pizza. And I don't want to necessarily mention any names. But let's just say all these great LA pizza places, I've been like, yeah, they're good. They're solid. And I don't know. You know what? I'll tell you. Pizzana, Roberta's. These places have a great reputation. I like them. You're like they're, Dave they're Portnoy. They're good pizza, but I don't. But Roberta's came from love them. So, to, but it's the, so. Is it the LA water? Why they can't recreate it? Here's what I'm talking about. When I want a piece of pizza, I want the, and I do this when I go to New York. You get that slice, like that slice that you can fold in half, and it holds up, and the crust is strong. It's like from where it gives where you some bite. Wherever on the street, I will undeniably have. <laughs> He's Good like Michael pizza. Scott of the office. My favorite pizza That's, place. It was like, uh, you know, what was it? Uh, just a regular, it was like Pizza Hut or something. He's pointing to Sabaros. Okay, so give me a New York pizza place. Give me your take. Give me your take, uh, Eddie. Give me your take on uh, uh, pizza in LA, which this, is having a huge moment. I, uh, not because I am from LA, but I will defend this. Like, I will like die on this mountain that pizza in LA is a thing now. It really is. Maybe tw 10, 15 years ago, East Coast people were like, there's no good pizza in LA. And to your, we were talking about, you know, it's all in New York. Well, like, okay, Roberta's, you know, PSP, um, Joe's Pizza, Bleecker Street, you know, they're here in LA now. Now you might say it's not the water, it's the water, whatever. I've even talked to New York uh, mm -hmm. pizza shop guys and they're like, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not it's the water the because how's, yeah, how, how's Brooklyn pizza different from like the Manhattan mm. pizza or whatever? Is that they sure did. Or he was telling me about like, there's different water systems in, in those neighborhoods too. And he's like, it's not that. It's all in the yeast and yeah. then the fermentation. And it depends on what you're looking for, right? Like, I feel like Neapolitan-style pizza is obviously great. Pizza Say, which is like a Tokyo-style Neapolitan pizza, one of the best. Wow, the place Tokyo we went to, Greg, style. what was that place we went to? Oh, Pizzeria da Michele. <laughs> That's wow, the Italian. good job. That, 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 yeah, that, good job. That, that fellowship you did where, in Italy. They say where pizza was invented in Naples. Wow. But every, every restaurant in Naples claims that. But so. you did say, when we went to lunch, you I said, how did it compare to the original? Because he went to the original in uh in naples in naples and you said it wasn't the same no right? no it's not but do you think it's because you were enamored in being in italy and you're trying this pizza kind of like disneyland nope. food i'm not trying to dog disneyland food but when you're at disneyland you're like this is the best churro ever it's a, it is not dude. <laughs> let's be honest could we be real i'm a turkey yeah, leg I'm a, guy i'm no, a turkey leg turkey guy, leg no, is yeah, okay because yeah. you can't really get that anywhere else <laughs> yeah. but i'm like oh these are the best beignets ever it's not cafe du monde let's come on guys these mickey <laughs> beignets are not that great it's because you're enamored you're in the space you're yes. in that location yeah. just like a, a going to rayo's in new york city probably oh. will be way better than you know caesar's palace if it's oh, still God. even there i yeah. don't know but like yeah. you know, the one here have you been to the one here oh that's right no i haven't even been to the one here yeah no wow the right are you, you 
So in short, so Eddie, where are you at on the pizza in L.A.? So L.A. is a pizza city. Now I you think buy that. I think it's a pizza city. We have the, one of the best in the country, Pizzeria Bianco, is now here, too. Mm, Great that guy pizza. irritates me, too. Uh, why? Just out of principle, man. Come on. What was it? Phoenix was where the yeah, original yeah. yeah. Just annoys me slightly. I haven't just, tried. I, I, this is based on nothing. I'm just being a judgment on us. You, yeah. huh? we, we have it all. You want deep dish? You want Chicago? Gino's East is here now. You know? Gino's well, I, East is legit. I think one of the main reasons is because all these big uh, restaurant groups and these they've figured out that pe- people here in LA are willing to pay 50 bucks for a yeah, whole pizza. Maybe. So there's like it is it's it's the gold rush here for these pizza creators wow. who are moving this way, selling their product. But the real question is ranch on pizza or mm. not? Dude. If you like it. <laughs> if you like it. I have learned in doing this that pizza is one, is probably the number one thing that divides people. hundred percent. And it's some great pizza means something to everybody. Yeah. So you can't. Nobody can definitively say this is the best pizza. I have done that in videos, and people will comment, "Bro, I went there, it was disgusting." <laughs> so like, disgusting. Yeah. It's it's like, hey, if if you think. Shakey's has the best pizza to you. That's the best pizza. Chuck E. Cheese. Does that count too? (laughs) My kids used to beg me to take them there. And that goes to what Eddie was saying. It's the atmosphere. It's it's being there when you're in Chuck E. Cheese and you're eight years old. That is the best pizza. But to answer the question, I I will be. I am an avowed ranch on pizza guy. I will not put it on so-called good pizza. But if somebody's giving me some like Domino's, Papa John's pizza, absolutely, I will drown in ranch, and I am proud of that. Number two, also, and I got to say this on the record, my favorite pizza toppings: jalapeno, pineapple, and pepperoni. And I know right. pineapple is pineapple. very uh, polarizing, but Italian. I feel that, that it belongs. That sounds pretty yeah, good. Yeah, especially like, true with the Italians would shake their head at you. Oh, but, I mean, I, I, but still, if you like it, then that's what you like on your pizza. But Thanks. let me bring you a little bit closer to home because you say my favorite LA pizza is in another state, in Nevada, in Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I get it. I love that place too, and I go for it late night. It feels, yes, you know, you're just hungry. You want some the, cheesy carbs? Where, where, where? Secret, Secret pizza, pizza at the Cosmo. But oh, something here in LA, I would say, like New York style pizza um you know Dan- danny boy in downtown la is great have you tried Went it to danny mulberry boy, street i do like mulberry monica's monica's uh, vito's on la cieniga and one down the street uh pizza wagon of brooklyn right here on ventura boulevard Listen, in sherman oaks and it's funny because they're people from are new york all and it was of these really legit. i've tried all maybe it is what you said maybe because when i'm in new york i'm in new york and that's why i love the pizza but i'm always slightly disappointed like you know a place that i stand by is there's a small place called Santino's in Sherman Oaks that has a Neapolitan square. And it's crispy, it's thin, it crunches when you bite into it. Not thick sauce, not thick cheese, not overdone toppings. I don't want to call it minimalist, but it's just very simple. And I maybe it's the crunch. And it's maybe th- that's thick crust, you said? No, like thin, a oh, thin, thin. How, thin. How are we friends, Evan? Like, no, you don't t- get passionate. About, how could you not get passionate about pizza? I, I, I am, but I'm just saying we don't have great pizza. Okay. Okay. Now, Eddie, this is one I've been, I've been excited about asking you. I want to talk about some things you've done specifically with the Dodgers, okay? I saw you do a piece recently with James Altman, another one with Julio Urias, um, with Chef Marito brand, LA-based brand. And I saw an Al Pastor burger, spicy tacos, and this stuff is you shooting this stuff with the Dodger players in uniform at Dodger Stadium. One, how did that come together? Was it Dodger Stadium? Was it Chef Marito? Who's, who's in charge of getting that together? And do they want to make Dodger Stadium a cuisine capital 
because I know they've been expanding their offerings, but most people there, I'm still getting a dog nachos and peanuts. You know what I mean? I've been out to center field area, tried Creature all this stuff. Habit. Yeah. yeah it, but you can't go wrong with is that. Is it worth it? How did it come together and tell me about like some of these items? Where do I get these cool ass items that you're making with these Dodge with the Dodgers? Well, I mean, that started out at a relationship with Chef Marito. Well, for one, that's a brand, not to sound all pitchy, but it legit legitimately is a brand that our household has been using. My mom, my dad used to use it forever. You know, it makes one of the best carne asada seasonings. And so the brand reached out like, man, like around COVID times to just create some recipes on my channel, do some stuff. And I'm like, yeah, heck yeah, I love this brand. So it cre it was like a recipe development sort of partnership. Um, like two years ago, I went on one of their shoots. They were shooting something with a Dodgers player and their brand. By the way, the whole relationship there is Chef Merito's like the official seasoning partner of the Dodgers. Damn right it is. So, <laughs> exactly. So I went on this shoot just being like a fly on the wall, you know, seeing what happens, you know, on their shoot. And it was a great experience. Yeah, I think it was with uh, uh, Joe Kelly. Oh, you know? yeah. It went back when mariachi, like, mariachi outfit yeah. to the White House. If and they were doing this that. like Chila Also Kilas. from the IE. Is he? Inland yeah. Empire? Yeah. Oh, man, I didn't even know that. Yeah, he was a great dude, man. It was a cool experience. Seems like it. So, I mean, long story short, just because it's a very long story, but like we... uh the the videographer on the next shoot was uh couldn't make it you know i think he like like somehow just couldn't do it and they're like hey eddie do you you shoot right do you mind doing this project and it was like one of those moments when you're coming off the bench and you're like all right just better be ready you know and so yeah i was like all right what are we doing who are we shooting and what are we and so it was like it was just a really cool experience um and kind of been their videographer since for that brand so cool um yeah. and then they tapped into the recipe development stuff of like you know, what would you like to see at Dodger Stadium? So like last year we did like esquites with Al Pastor, you know, and it was just like the street corn with Al Pastor. And then this year I'm like, I've always wanted to have something birria, birria fries. We talked about oh, how, here we how go. every here taco we go. truck is doing it. Yeah. I'm like, we need to have it. So we did these birria <laughs> fries. They're available still. Um, how about on where Smaggle. do you get them? I can't go get them at the normal. Reserve level section 17. They have the BDF fries there. They also have them at the Cantina, the Ornitos Cantina. Yeah. That's at, uh, no, that's at field level. Uh, the other one was reserve level. At field level at the Ornitos Cantina, right near Shake Shack, right there. Okay. You can get the fries there. And coming in 2024, smashed birria burgers. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a, that's something good right there. But anyway, just started with that partnership. We're going to put out, we just put out another menu item recently too which is uh it was chef christine evitt uh, uh, garrett who's the executive chef of the dodgers she created this incredible and i mean incredible oh. al pastor burger the, it's a pork patty yeah, marinated in al pastor it's got spicy guacamole um it's got um excuse me excuse me guacamole so you're right yeah. guacamole you know what i get into sometimes when i start just talking english <laughs> yeah i kind of say things spanish words in english like that like los angeles where are you from los angeles but then if someone asks me hey de donde eres oh de los angeles you know so wow. don't ever just, say guac either. Yeah, don't ever yeah. say guac oh, and i always say yeah no it's guacamole and so yeah. but whatever we're, we're i'm like my pocho i'm like a you know just we're chicanos i, we, I see eddie's content Spanglish. and i get so jealous sometimes i'm like that looks so fun it's awesome it's, it's so the, the, and listen, yeah, I'm a baseball nerd. I mention that pr pretty much every week. But like, he's getting to hobnob with like James Outman. And Wolfgang Puck. Like, that's yeah. be a dream of mine. Go. But Urias, I'm talking Dodgers, man. But All he's right. at the state. But hold on. So, Eddie, real quick. What are the three items I should get at a Dodger game? 
one thing people don't well definitely the birria fries and not because yeah. yeah me and chef christine co we collaborated on that but it, they really they hit i took okay. my buddy to the game and i'm like you gotta try these fries reserve level section 17 reserve right? level okay. section 17 and the cantina on the field level or i cantina, cantina okay. next to shake shack they serve the birria fries there where can, where can i get the nachos and the ball cap <laughs> That is at the cantina, reserve, <laughs> also same oh, place, reserve. That that's good. everywhere. And that's actually a Chef Merito carne asada yeah, nacho helmet too. Ooh, too much for up. me. I'm, I'm honestly with my nachos. I like that crappy nacho cheese and jalapenos <laughs> and I put onions on there. That's, I love that. So I will drink that's why that you, crappy That's why you don't know good cheese. pizza. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> oh, the smoke barbecue. No one knows about that. You got to try the smoke barbecue plate. They literally legit smoke their, their, the meats all day long and it's at... Um, Right by like the Dunkin' Donut center field, right? Uh, field level by the cut water bar, but yeah, you'll center see field. It. Yeah, or center in the field. outfield, yeah, in center outfield. field, outfield. Yeah, that's a that's a good item people sleep on as well. Going back to pizza real quick, I forgot to say something that's important. Eddie and I did this collaboration uh, about the history of pizza in Los Angeles and the fact that pizza's only been here since 1939. In my opinion, might be one of the reasons why it's not elite in Los Angeles because it seems like you know pizza is one of those historic classic foods, but eighty plus years and it started with Patsy DeMores and subsequently Baroni's, which is in Valley Glen and Baroni's does a different kind of pizza. But I think that maybe the short lifespan of pizza in uh, Los Angeles might be one factor, at least in my mind, why it's not elite. And it's worth mentioning that the oldest chain. In Los Angeles. Do you guys know what the oldest pizza chain is in Los Angeles? You told me, but I forgot. Yeah, same. <laughs> That's how much we listen. You you knew. See, I'm watching all these guys' episodes. They're never watching mine. That, that's that's the truth. They, they were I like, want, who is, oh, yeah. you have a oh, podcast? Oh, no, I know. Yes, what? professor. Uh, Go. Uh, numero uno. Yes, I numero now. uno. Yeah. 1974, that's if I remember. That's right. So, yeah. That's, 1974? Yeah, and you know what's funny? that long ago. I always thought numero uno was like Chicago pizza. So, ironically, Same. like it's not even like... Deep dish is pretty good. Though. Yeah, and it is good. Crust? It yeah, is good. And again, deep dish is a little bit different. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because again, like a smash burger, it's a different item. It's but, not pizza, this casserole. But we, we digress. People always say. <laughs> it's good. So, though. I want to talk about a kind of serious topic, okay? Food journalism and los angeles i know i've gained weight i'm sorry <laughs> I, i'm trying really hard no i have i have strong feelings I don't eat the buns in and out i'm <laughs> trying <laughs> greg you need to go on a diet flying no. dutchman's from now on so i grew up as a journalist by way of the ucla daily brewer and a year at the la times and again i was just a sports guy but i still get the physical newspaper so it's something that i often think about okay and in short, I thought the LA Times was doing a fantastic job during what I call the LA food renaissance, which started in my assessment like 2006. And again, it correlated to when they started having all these different food programming. Again, Grub with Greg Jonathan Gold was, was, was beat out by Guy Fieri, but it was Jonathan Gold yeah. that was making everything happen. And then Jonathan Gold passed away. I think that was 2017, might've been 2016. So the LA Times had to do an overhaul. And there, LA Times wasn't the only source, but they were the only, let's call it like, you know, true journalism resource in the sense of like everyday reading, right? And Jonathan Gold died, they had to do a complete overhaul, thought they were ambitious, thought they did a good job. They had various uh, personnel sagas, both with writers and editors. And in my opinion, they've been kind of a joke ever since, right? They, they do these PowerPoint ranking, I mean PowerPoint, uh, 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 power rankings and stuff like that. And just the food coverage has been kind of lacking. And to me, that's not real journalism. And 
that's what they're doing with the power ranking stuff. That's something that food influencers can do, right? And yeah. you have Eater LA. They stepped in, filled the void for a while. And there's some great people on staff there. Mona Holmes, Farley, Farley Elliott. But their quality's kind of hit and miss. But here's where it comes to you guys. I think it's important for people like Grub with Greg and Hungry in LA to continue making honest, adult-oriented food content. So do you guys consider yourselves journalists, like reporting, integrity? What, what factors in this kind of realm go into your actual episodes and the way that you operate? Eddie, I'll let you take that first. Hmm. Uh, well, Eddie's content is not adult. It's more like PG. Uh, yes. <laughs> and and I, I, when yeah, I say adult, well, family I, oriented, I, oh, actually. That's what you I don't mean. even cuss on my channel. <laughs> yeah. so. um, I, no, you say bra. I say bra. Bra. <laughs> trying to keep up. No. Um, <laughs> journalists, I would say to answer in a short, no. Because I feel like I don't consider myself that because one, it's just like if, let's say if my channel was about nutrition you know I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, and i'm like here's some cool powders and here's some exercise and eating healthy that doesn't make me a nutritionist you know i would need to be certified for that so i just create content i give them the credit they're the journalists you know they went they they got the degrees they went to school for it they do the research i'm really just trying to tell people you know and share my best experiences of good food in LA and shine light on that. So, and, so you're reporting and documenting like, right. like a journalist. Yeah. So, but then the other way, yeah, you could say, well, it's, it's a, it's a journal. Yeah, exactly. You could be a journalist. So I don't know. I, I still give, you know, credit where credit is due. However, too, at the same time, um, you know, people that have like an Instagram account or a, a social media presence or a following or whatever you want to call it now have even a bigger audience than their, yes. than their, um, category of traditional media absolutely right like there's fashion that's bloggers that's why it's so important and that's why i'm always keeping an eye on this, yeah. this sort of journalism like there's thing. fashion yeah. bloggers with probably a bit better reach than vanity fair or whatever wow. or look at wow. greg like yeah. he's like his tiktok and instagram has you know and this is just from a quick wikipedia search of the circulation of of the times I think he has a bigger reach just on his social media than the circulation uh, of, of, you know, not my, not my fashion tips, though. <laughs> look what I'm wearing now. And there's a niche, too. Like, look at Greg. He's got, like, half a million followers across channels or whatever it is, you know. Uh, and there's a niche of that. There's, like, people that are following for food. Um, one thing about, like, traditional media where it's, like – how many of those people are, are subscribing because they want to read the business or the sports section? Yeah. Are they all foodies? You know, so there's something to be said about kind of the new way media is being uh, delivered through social media, through people like Grub with Greg, you know, yourself, you giving us the news that early in the minute that really like interested me when I first saw that you popped up and you're like, what is up? You know, and it's, like, <laughs> what is and and it's always, bands. and it's always like a question. Did you, you know, he's like, you know, we're at whatever, you know, we're in Los Feliz. And did you know LA is one of the top yeah. cities for lizards? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I, I didn't, didn't know. know that. <laughs> Tell, me more. Tell me more. <laughs> let's get into it. Let's, let's get into it. I'm ready. Mental <laughs> note, lizards in Los Angeles. Greg, and now, now here's the thing. So Greg really is in media. K-Earth 101, that is a journalistic outlet. Uh, granted, it's more radio playing hits, but, you know, it's journalism adjacent. And I've seen you work. You take it seriously. You're honest. You focus on honesty, and you are reporting. So do you see that a little bit as your role uh, in a journalism kind of capacity? Hmm. I don't think so in a journalism capacity. I don't think so. I'm just a guy 
going out and saying, hey, this is a really good restaurant. Come here and get this. You're, so you're reporting. But you're like the Huel Hauser. Huel Hauser. Huel Hauser. Uh, Huel oh, Hauser I love that guy. Of like, yeah, the foodie world on Instagram now. Man. I like, dress like Huel Hauser. <laughs> yeah. With think, the high jeans. I think we all do, think <laughs> we all do a good job of that. <laughs> couple, None of us are three dads <laughs> over here. No, guys, anybody can do this. Anybody can grab a camera and go film themselves and start doing it. I think what makes people successful is the consistency, not giving up, and just keep going and never stopping. So yeah. then yeah, it's a lot of once it. you get to a certain level of success, then people start to look at you different. Once you hit like 100,000 followers, like, oh, this guy's got something here. And then it's like people's perception of you changes, but you're still the same. I'm just, you know, if you can call me whatever you want, influencer journalist what you know whatever it is but okay go ahead you've heard fair, worse fair okay I've heard worse yeah. <laughs> okay okay back back to the food back to la now you guys have your finger on the pulse of the place around town and it's la so you're always driving okay oh yeah la is where the drive-thru was invented by harry and esther snyder of in and out in 1948 and it literally changed the way that the world ate so we can't talk about LA food without discussing fast food. But before getting to specifics of that, I just want to know about eating in your car, which I see is like a thing for many food influencers. But genuinely, how often are you eating in your car? What do you think about eating in your car? Or do you like to eat on your car, as Jonathan Gold used to do? Eddie, quick. You have a quick take on that. Uh, in, in the car, I think I, we started doing it more during COVID because, you know, it was all takeout. Right. So it's like, mm -hmm. oh, I, I, I can't wait for this to get home and it gets cold. Let me just eat it now in the car. Wow. And so me and my wife would almost have date nights where we'd just go <laughs> pick up, eat in the car. Um, so in the car, I guess. But hey, man, we're in, you know, sunny California That's on the car. Right. It works, too. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. yeah. Spread it out on the yeah. hood. I think you, tacos. I, I will sit in the car if if it's too windy outside. The lighting is better. Uh, it's too crowded. I couldn't get a table. So it was just kind of comes about, you know, by, hey, this is the only other option here. Greg, one of my favorite pieces of yours, which is hilarious, was when you did the seat warmer El Pollo Loco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good tip. Or the hack. The yeah. hack on how to keep your, uh, yeah. your, I, your food I had warm. A, I had a four piece of uh, leg and thigh uh, El Pollo Loco, and I wanted to keep it warm, so I turned the seat heater on in the passenger side and just set it there, and it was it kept it warm for an hour. Yes. Okay, okay. So fast food. Let's get into this, because this is truthfully like my heart and soul. I'm going to run down a quick list of places from LA, right? All your, these places. Your heart and soul. You mean you love fast food? Oh, my God. We'll, we'll discuss, but yes. Yes, I Have do. Have you heard his Jack in the box order quick <laughs> quick list of places from los angeles <laughs> mcdonald's taco bell carl's jr panda express fat burger in and out wiener schnitzel del taco hot dog on a stick the original talk tommy's all start in la wow and that doesn't count places that meet the definition of fast food but aren't really what we think of as fast food seize candy Orange Julius, IHOP, Baskin Robbins, Bob's Big Boy, by the way, the oldest fast food chain in LA. Bob's Big Boy is considered fast food? Absolutely. It's I the oldest it fast food chain. Well, it's dining, but they had it the felt car like a hop service. It felt like a Cocos or like an Applebee's of but the time. But the car hop service, they were pioneers. Oh, they Pioneer Chicken, by the way. Oh, yeah. But so car hopping, people would take it, eat in the car, or eat to go. They were oh. one of the first. Uh, Zanku, Zankow or Zanku? I always Zanku. say it wrong. Z always say it wrong. Love it, by the way. Yeah. Great stuff and a great story and a total murder story. You should see that LA in a minute episode. <laughs> I watched that video. Um, okay, so Eddie, Greg, I want to know your opinion of fast food. Is it gross? Do you like it? 
Do you hate it? If I put a Big Mac in front of your face right now, <laughs> do you scarf it down or do you say, get that thing away from me, Greg? Can you take the bun off and wrap it in onions and then I'll <laughs> eat it? <laughs> that's the only way he eats food ever yeah, since that's that video. It. Yeah. No, so Greg, give me a quick take on fast food. I mean, it is what it is. Is is it okay once in a while? Of course, fine, you know. But should people be eating that every day? No. But it's. But do you like it? Uh, yeah, once in a while, I do. Once in a while, Eddie. Yeah, from the list you mentioned, there's some places that I go to, of course. Especially you're, you know, you're on a road trip or it's something quick. You know, you're like, I have no problem with fast food. I'm not snobby in that regard, and I definitely have my spots that I go to. And I will ask. But there's that. something about biting into a, like a like a famous star from Carl's, yeah. you know. And it's just it just immediately takes me back to being a kid again. Yeah. That, that flavor that never changes. And time and place again. Keep going back to what Eddie said. I think time and place is a lot of why we like food and what we associate with food. And on the fast food tip, I just learned this yesterday. This is a really interesting stat. I think ten percent of all fast food consumers are considered heavy users. That's the term. You could just stop it. The heavy. industry well, heavy term user? is called heavy user. I don't know what that definition was, but those 10% of fast food customers consume 70% of the fast food. Oh yeah, you know what it was? The definition is five or more times a week. Oh, eating that's, fast food. That's yeah, gonna be, that's, that's a hardcore user. Yeah, that, well, they call it heavy. But wow. you like how they call it user? Yeah, Not user. Like, da- like, like that, that tells problem. you it's a, now, on that note, you can't say heavy anymore. It's a bad word. What are what are your three favorite fast food restaurants? Hear mine in a confession. Number one, Jack in the Box. Eddie talks about my order. Jack in the Box is my number one, which good, ironically is from San Diego. Good tacos, great uh, egg rolls. Oh my God, dude. Spicy chicken sandwich, sourdough Jack, stuffed jalapeno. I will go through that with buttermilk, six, eight buttermilk <laughs> sauces. Oh my God, love it. Number two, Tommy's. That is the cliche classic comfort food for me. Number three, Taco Bell. Greg, what are your favorite fast foods? If you have to, you're once in a while. What are your fast foods? Uh, well, I, I just did a video at Carl's Jr. And I was like, man, I forgot how good this place yeah. actually pretty was. Like them. Uh, in and out, of course. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it's got to be... Uh, I'm gonna say either KFC or Popeyes. Wow. Okay. okay. I love fried chicken. Yeah, me too. Honestly, Eddie. Uh, for me, see, and my definition of fast food is like anything with a drive-through. But I know that 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 we were like, yeah. So like, because if if we open it up, I'm like, oh yeah, there's other like fast casual yeah. places where you have to walk into. But um, for sure, number one, I know not to say it again. In and out. Here we go. You know, I. Yeah. To the, yeah, uh, just because, yeah, grew up with it, that nostalgia. Um, and then number two, Taco Bell. Yeah. We seem to go <laughs> to Taco Bell a lot, and it started since my son was playing in Little League, the closest fast food restaurant. Again, out of necessity. I said, there's a time and place for, for fast food. I'm That's, like, it's, it's late. What's open? Let's just hit a drive-thru. And it was always Taco Bell. And it, I developed this habit in the last couple of years, yeah. last year or two, mm. of like, oh, let's hit up Taco Bell. That's Gosh, why we've had to crushed. pause the podcast twice while recording, because he had to run to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, to all that oh, fire that sauce. stigma. <laughs> So and my good. son loves the hot sauce there too. And then third, the I go by the ones I, I go to the most. Third is probably McDonald's, to be quite honest. Again, yeah. my my son loves going there. I love the filet fish sandwich, which is I know it's I'm trash for saying I, I, I saw love the your recent fish piece on the best fish on the best fish sandwich. But it just hits, yeah. One of my best memories as a kid. I was 16 years old. I got my driver's license. My parents were on vacation. I went to the McDonald's by my house. I got two Big Macs, two large fries, an yes. apple pie, and a gigantic Coke. And I always wanted to drive down. I drove down Imperial Highway from Yorba Linda all the way to the freaking ocean. Uh, and 
eating my McDonald's. Yes. It was like the happiest time of my childhood. Yeah. <laughs> it's like freedom. I could eat what I want. Nobody was there to say, don't eat that. And that right there is Los Angeles in a nutshell. Getting your food from the drive-thru and eating and just driving and enjoying what this city has to offer right there. Okay, speed round. Eddie and Greg, I need to know your absolute favorite spot or item in the following categories. And I'm putting you on the spot. Okay. Okay. So I, I, I'm not going to hold you to this, but there's a lot of a lot of pressure and gravitas here. So here we go. Go Eddie first because he has answers Eddie down, first. I don't. <laughs> Eddie first taco or taco place. Uh, it depends on what you're in the mood for. Asada, Sonora Town. For you. Yeah. What are you in the mood for? Yes. Uh, lay them off. You can name a few. Go. All right. Asada at Sonora Town, Al Pastor at El Chato, mm. and Carnitas at Carnitas El Artista in Inglewood. Still haven't been to Carnitas El I Artista, but everybody Very says good. Incredible. Incredible. Okay, Greg. Uh, taco. My favorite taco is Taco Al Pastor. Got to have the pineapple on top sliced off there. Yeah. Uh, so I would say I was just there last night. Tire Shop Tacos. Oh, wow. I've heard they're incredible. No, I haven't been yet, but I keep hearing about it. Tire Shop Tacos and then also El Chato. Mm -hmm. Everybody goes to Tacos Leo, the corner of La Brea and was it a Pico? Yeah. I'm like, it was good maybe... It was better ten years ago, but I think the newer, the other, I don't know. It's, like two it's blocks been overtaken. up is El Chato, and yeah. it is just unreal. Mine, for the record, there's a taco truck in Van Nuys called Tacos El Primo. Nobody ever talks about it. I love it. Maybe it's a convenience factor, and the fact that they have radish, they have the pickled carrots and jalapeno, all kinds of salsas. I love it. Okay, Italian food, Eddie, go. Italian food. Um, you know what? That's I'm trying to think. When I'm craving Italian food. Wovo is kind of is is, is kind of a go to because they're mm-hmm. it's just it's convenient they're uh, right near my house yeah I really love the uh, cacio new one pepe. just opened by me I haven't tried it yet. yeah okay. they're very good but if I'm feeling like actually like staying in date night with a bar and everything uh, Mother Wolf was or anything Evan Funky any like if you know Felix or anything like Ooh. his is just incredible Woo. mine is uh, Moza. Wow, oh, there you go. We're all like, oh. like comparing goats of like food. I, I worked Mozza there. And- I worked there. I, I helped open the one up wow. in Newport Beach back in 2011. That's dope. And what really impressed me are the ingredients that they import and bring in. Stuff that I, and I had just returned from Italy after culinary school. And I was like, wow, I haven't seen this. I haven't seen guanciale, which is pig cheek bacon since Italy. So they really, really do bring in high-quality ingredients just like you'd find. I mean, Nancy Silverton lives in Italy half the time. So uh, great place. And pizza, either Pizzeria Moza or the uh, Osteria, both phenomenal. Yeah. I got to agree with Mother Wolf, honestly. I know that that was a hot ticket in town uh, before Funky opened the, his eponym- eponymous, when it's named after you, named his uh, new restaurant. But... Um, Mother Wolf is my favorite Italian. Angelini's dope. Drago Central. Those squash dope. blossoms, the fried yeah, squash blossoms oh, were execute. Phenomenal. Okay. Um, favorite pizza. I know we had the side combo, but favorite pizza. Eddie. Right now, it depends what mood I'm in. Right now, I'm feeling the thick, square, whatever you want to call it, Sicilian style, mm. Detroit style, where it's just crispy. It's just like a, at a Apollonia's or, a, you know, a PSP or. Um, Prime has a good one too. So that thick crust, cheese crust, oh, quarter sheets Detroit in Echo style. Park. 
Detroit style. Yeah, wow. it's Detroit style. I, I don't know what to call it because I've called it Detroit style. People are like, that's Sicilian or that's yeah. grandma style. Well, it's a Sicilian pie. Whatever, yeah. sheet pan pizza that's yeah. thick crust, you know, yeah. almost like focaccia, and it's got those crispy, like, that cheese crown on the edge. Oh, yeah. I love that right now. Two right. favorites of mine. One, Apollonia in Los Angeles. That's the, uh, the, yeah. the cheese lacing around the edges. Insane. They're on Wilshire and La Brea. I got to try that. Uh, and then Orange County, uh, I just went to Folk's Pizzeria, and... I thought mozza was incredible. This pizza blew me away. The crust was the the sourness of the crust was perfect, and the little the pull of the bread and the crunchiness of the crispiness of the crust in the very bottom. It was perfect. All right, I'm gonna go open minded on pizza. I'll, 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 I'm gonna try. You know your answer, place. Vegas. <laughs> find <laughs> some <laughs> find some joy in it. Come on, secret pizza at Cosmo, but uh, <laughs> Santino's and Sherman Oaks mine. Okay, favorite sushi spot, and then what's your go-to sushi order? Uh, it's always going to be sugarfish. When I used to go out of wow. town, first stop was I'd come back, get sugarfish, and it's the trust me. Just leave it up to them. Cut. They, you know, it's, it's a little bit of everything. It's, it's always solid. It's always, you know, yeah, it's always good. Greg, uh, I'm not big on sushi, but interesting. I, I, I it's fair though. There, there's a couple good places I've been. One is called Sushi Imari. Yeah, uh, there's one in Costa Mesa. And on and in the Herbal Inn, it just opened up by my house. Strangely enough, so not a big sushi guy. So I learned yeah, something new. I don't know. It, I don't know what it is. I know it's, it doesn't fit your motif of grub, grub with Greg. I yeah. will say that. I can't imagine you like sitting down at like sushi bar. Oh, I, like, I just I don't know. I, I think like oh gosh, I'm eating too much rice. That's too many carbs. That's you know, sugary sauce. It's there's That's sashimi. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. By the way, so mine sushi note. Uh, I don't know oh, if it's Studio I've City or Sherman Oaks, but there's a lot of sushi places. By the way, Sushi Row, largest concentration of sushi restaurants outside of Japan. So Ventura, Ventura, I, Bo- no, Ventura Boulevard, Sushi oh, Row. I saw that episode. Yes, I didn't know. Studio City. Dude, there's 19 in a three-block area, but it has the highest concentration of sushi restaurants. And one of those that's actually not technically on Sushi Row, but down the street from it on Ventura, is Sushi Note. Unbelievable. The chef, I wish I knew his name offhand, gets, you know, Japanese fish, all these kind of exotic fish. And it, the thing that kind of gets me about it is the vibe. It's not like your typical uh, sushi place. It's feels like an old school. I think it's based on like a 20s or 30s type of uh, Japanese izakaya. It's really cool, really good. That's my favorite place. What's it called? Uh, sushi Note. Sushi Note. Yeah. Right. Okay. Eddie, favorite hamburger? One hamburger. Double double animal wow. style, whole grilled onions, add chopped chilies, extra toast. Come on, wow. you can just—I'll just say ditto. Fuck, man, I don't want to say in and out and make it. And I only—I know this is you too much what? of in and out. The only reason I say that is I'm going by what's the the burger place I frequent the most in a given year. It's yeah. going to be that if again, and more one. out of convenience. But you know, there you go. Just to be different because I do love it. I'm going to go with an original Tommy's chili cheeseburger Oof. with their little peppers on it like what double chili cheeseburger by the Ooh. way with chili cheese fries even though we didn't ask about the fries but that is how I get down with the burger okay last one in the speed round your favorite nice restaurant quote unquote nice restaurant nice restaurant date Ooh. nights your anniversary or something where are you going uh food and vibes mother wolf was yes. great it's just opulent it's so nice inside but they're playing hip hop music within the dining room yeah. so it's kind of it's not pretentious the no. food is great 
Um, if you want a view, 71 above. I haven't been to in a while. <sighs> oh, that's, yeah, that's nice. It's a little more, uh, you know, tweezer-like food, I would say, but the views are phenomenal. It's in the U.S. We, Bank building. U.S. Bank right? building. We forget that we got that cityscape view, you know, here in L.A., that there's an actual yeah. restaurant you can go to. That, so probably those two, but Mother Wolf would be my number one. Man, yeah. you're taking all my answers. I'm going, I'm going old school. Go for it. Joffrey's in Malibu. Oh, wow. That is old. That's a good answer. Yeah. I just love it. I love the view. I love being there. Just the vibe. Talk about vibe. That's just my kind of place. The God, view. It, it, it can't beat the ocean. It's not too crowded up there either. It's just it's hard for people to get to. It, I love it. Food's good. Best meal I've had is Providence, which is a fine dining uh, experience. Extraordinary. I think there are 20 plus courses. Um, as far as favorite nice restaurant, man, Mother Wolf is hard to beat. So just to change up, I'm going to go to Felix, uh, which hey. is also an Evan Funky <laughs> restaurant. Okay. Now we're going to close with this. My wife and I always have that conversation about where are we going to eat? We're at home. We eat at home a lot, but we want to go out. And there are tens of thousands of restaurants in LA, but the question always comes up. Where are we going to go eat? I don't know. Where do you want? I don't know. Where do you want? So give us places to go. I want your top places to eat in LA. Give me five. Restaurant, burger stand. I don't care. Here are my five. Jitlada, Musso and Frank. For, food is an exceptional Musso and Frank, but that vibe you cannot beat. It literally feels like old school LA. Waiters in tuxes, sidecar martini. I love going there. That's where I want to eat. There's also a place in Van Nuys called Catch 818 Mariscos, which has, Ooh. it was the first and best agua chile I ever tried. And it's out of this world. They also have tacos, gobernador, which is like cheese fried kind of taco things. It's just a fun vibe, dope music, great crowd. Uh, Mother Wolf is on the list. And this last one is a chain that also started in LA. And this is probably the place we frequent the most because we have a nine-year-old son, but it's legit. And I don't feel crappy after eating it even though it's kind of fast food is sharkies so i'm gonna put sharkies on my list just because that's probably where we eat the most if you haven't tried sharkies do it organic fresh like mexican and i'm not gonna call what it should mexican. i get there if i walk in and go to sharkies Dude, what am you i know what i get so my wife used to get the enchiladas which aren't really enchiladas now she gets like a new mex caesar bowl but what i get is this salmon burrito believe it or not it's the craziest thing Cause it's seaweed inside seaweed and salmon inside a burrito. And it sounds like it shouldn't work, but it is so good. And that's what I get there every time. But everything on that menu is delicious. I love sharkies. Eddie, give me your five. Nice. You took some of mine already, but yeah. <laughs> well, Musso and Frank's would be on my list because you know, it, you said it, like you said, it's a classic LA place, old Hollywood. Uh, if you're lucky enough to get uh, Sonny Donato, uh, make you a drink at the bar. Wow. He's the guy also, he's been there for years, but he also even came out on a, was it Once Upon a Time? Uh, right. You know, a Quentin Tarantino's movie, and he was the bartender there serving them martinis. Um, great vibe all around. But, uh, you know, I feel like a breakfast burrito's got to be in there somewhere. Oh, yeah. And like, uh, I mean, just, so I would say a Barron's 2239 has been one of my favorite places, but it's in the South Bay. I don't know if you even consider that LA. Yeah, this people guy's are divisive. been talking about Costa Mesa. Yeah, people are shit. so divisive. Yeah. Like, South Bay's not LA or San Fernando yes, Valley's not LA. Yes, they think that it's just Miracle Mile in downtown. Oh, but uh, for us that we grew up, born and raised here, LA is like, you. I think you just did an episode today or yesterday of like how many neighborhoods are over 573 500. neighborhoods and counting. In there Los you go. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. How do you store all this information? <laughs> <laughs> So that's on my list. Also, Barron's 2239. We just ate there for dinner. Um, I haven't posted about it or anything. And 
phenomenal place. They have a their a Michelin bib restaurant. Yeah. So their 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 food is phenomenal. They're not just making like breakfast burritos in the morning. Uh, you got to have some Thai in there. So you took my gelada, but um, I would say Ayara. Then if if I can't say that name because you already said it, yeah. Ayara by LAX. Great family, second generation family took over now, and they're just putting out some great uh, Thai food. Um, Courage Bagels. If you're oh, looking for the best bagel in LA, I am. I am. Um, they've been, man. They've just been so, so good. The line is still long out the door. They're more, you know, I would say, crunchy. The burnt everything bagel is very wow. good. And um, tacos. You got to get tacos, of course. I so I would always put that list. I think you could just, you know, throw a dart at a map and hit any good taco yeah. spot in LA compared to you know, other cities. But again, Sonora Town, El Russo. Um, it just depends on what you're feeling, El Chato. I want to say this about the tacos. Is, is, is Sonora Town really that good? I remember. You I know went why? to Sonora Town with Grubb and Craig, yeah, by the it's way. It's nostalgic for me. And again, we I did I did an episode where we were talking about nostalgia versus ch- like really like changing your view on how good it is, right? Yeah. And to me, Sonora Town reminds me of growing up backyard carne asada because they do it on the char. Not, uh, but a lot of places, they'll just throw it on the flat top, right? And so yeah. backyard carne asada flour homemade tortillas it just like all the flavors just remind me of a homemade carne asada that like my dad would make so i think take. that plays into it um but nah man those tortillas are, are, are good all right i'll be honest greg and i not. went together and neither of us loved it yeah so, all right. I, i'm in the minority I like it i like it. and the tortillas are awesome and i know a lot of people stand up for it. so we even said we'd go back because it might yeah. have been that day i don't i don't avoid it it's good but it but to your point about so many tacos LA Taco does this thing called Taco Madness every year, and they have a 64 taco bracket and and trying to compete on who's the best. And it could be any of them because the thing is, like you said, there's so many good tacos in LA. I don't know many cities that have 64 places in one genre that mm-hmm. are all capable of winning the title, if you will. Mm-hmm. So that's a good point. And you said bagels, man. I just got to throw it out. I'd be remiss without mentioning Western Bagel. Introduced the bagel to Los Angeles, 1947. I know you can get Did them in grocery stores. That's stores, still a great, but they were the first ones yeah, the to OG bring spot. the bagels to Los Angeles. So I got to bring them up. Greg, give me your top five. Ooh, I'm gonna have a couple in Orange County, so don't get that's mad okay. at me. That's not, my town over that's there. Okay. okay, so we'll start there first. Uh, there's a place in Orange on Chapman called Super Antojitos. Oh, Super Antojitos. You got to go there and get that. It's called the Chapman Burrito. It is uh, carne asada, chorizo, rice beans, the whole thing. And then it comes in sizzling on a hot plate, a hot skillet, bubbling away, covered in crema, avocado, and this creamy, uh, smoky, spicy sauce. It is the best burrito I've ever had. Wow. Super antojitos. That's high praise. That is super high praise. It is, right? And and you got to go there. You got to meet Chef Lara and talk to her. And that just makes the experience a whole uh, bunch, uh, a whole, whole better what am I trying to say? It's just better for you. Okay. Uh, also in, in Santa Ana, a place called Sarinanas. Okay. Been there for 84 years. Might be worth a trek. The Keep girl, uh, the lady running it, she's not a girl, she's in her 70s. Uh, the, the beautiful old woman running it, she, her great-grandparents started this place, moved here from, um, uh, I forget, Durango. In Mexico okay. brought with the, all their ingredients. He would sell tamales to all the workers around there in Santa Ana, which you can imagine was just orange groves back then. Hardly anything. He would sell tamales to them. And that was 84 years ago. That place started and they make some of the best hard shell. Say the tacos. name again. Sarinanas. S-A-R-I-N-A. 
S-A-R-I-A-N-A, Sarignanas, okay? Uh, all right, now Apollonia Pizzeria. Oh, mm, yeah. I love that if, place. If that I is could, one. So that's the one I got to try. Yeah. One so pizza you that. have okay. to try that. Is still cash only, though? Uh, yes, cash only. Uh, also in East LA, what was it? Boyle Heights, East LA Boyle Heights, Los Cinco Puntos. Oh, I just went there. You did, that's right, you yes. did. Yes. And great tortillas. Uh, I enjoyed the carne asada. And though they're known for their carnitas, man, which I was so excited about because I love carnitas, they were dry that day. Oh, dude. shoot. Yeah. And I yeah. know they're no, and I'm going back. I, I know the place, I, I love Boyle Heights and that place legendary and that. It was fun. I love seeing the tortillas made was by that, Was that date night but with Irene? Carne, it was that <laughs> night, dude. But it was, listen, it was a Sunday night right before it closed. So I yeah. get it. I'm not oh, holding it against well, yeah. them. Yeah. But Go it, at lunchtime. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go at lunchtime. Okay. Was that five? Uh, and I got one more, and I'm going to make a major left turn here in uh, Topanga Plaza Whoa. Sh- Shopping Center. There's a place called Modern Bread and Bagel. Oh, I saw your episode on that. They are okay, from yeah. New York. Yeah. They are completely gluten-free. Oh, Now, boy. that people... Mute auto- is Mike. See, no, people just- <laughs> automatically, when you say gluten-free, they tune out. Yeah. I'm telling you, this place is incredible. You would never know. The food is that good. Wow, I saw what your you episode, and, and I was like, this has to be sponsored. No a, way. Nope, nope. I did not get paid to go there. I went wow. completely on my own because my wife's gluten-free. They have a chocolate babka. Remember the old Seinfeld episode yeah. of the chocolate babka? It's this uh, dough wrapped up in uh, butter and chocolate and more chocolate and drizzled with chocolate and chocolate <laughs> syrup. <Sounds> good. And <laughs> it is, oh my gosh, I just unleash. Like this beast comes out of me when I eat that. But they've got all kinds of uh, sandwiches and stuff like that. So modern bread and bagel in the Topanga Plaza, Topanga Mall, whatever it's called. So funny. You guys both mentioned bagel places. Yeah. I didn't even think oh, about it. Yep. Ooh. And their bagels are, are incredible too. So again. Which New York Times put out an article a year or two ago about how California LA bagels now have overtaken New York bagels or something to that effect. I, I okay. put that in my Western bagel episode, in fact. Okay. All right. Here we go. Smashed birria on a bagel. That's gluten-free. <laughs> Come on. Who's with me? <laughs> um, all right. We're going to wrap it up. Genuinely appreciate you guys both being here. Eddie, tell me what we need to follow. Hungry in LA on Instagram. Where else can we see you? What, what do you want to pr- push or promote? No, just Hungry in LA on Instagram. You can find me there. Yeah, that's it. See, this guy's an actual professional, not a, not an influencer. He's not even worried about pushing his social. He's like, that's it. Check it out. I'm getting paid <laughs> and doing real no. work. That's it. Greg, talk to me. We can hear you on K-Earth. K-Earth. We got every Grub with Greg. Weekday afternoon. You're, you're in the in and out Hall of Fame. But, but what else besides that? <laughs> me and Lindsay, we're going to go to the river this weekend, hang out, <laughs> grab some burgers. But just Grub with Greg? Grub, yeah, Grub with Greg on Instagram and TikTok. And uh, yeah, I, I love it when you DM me suggestions. So I have a little Google Maps that I wow. drop little pins. I, I take every suggestion and plop them down along with any comments. So I will gladly take those. Just go ahead and, and I, I check that one part in uh, your direct messages where people who don't follow you, they can't message you, you know? I yeah. still check there and I still get them. Same, the requests so, folder. Yeah, yeah, yeah the you requests. gotta tell me about dropping pins because I get those suggestions, I write them down, but that doesn't do Yeah, yeah you, you gotta tell me about that too. No, it's awesome. <laughs> Google Maps. All right, guys, now uh, we gotta go eat. I'm very hungry after this episode, but I truly want to thank you guys. Eddie Sanchez of Hungry in LA, Greg Sims of Grub with Greg. Thank you guys for being special guests. Please make sure you give both of them a follow. They are quite literally my favorite people to follow for LA food content. 
And thank you for listening. Please make sure you give In A Minute With Evan Lovett that five-star rating and review it if you even have 20 seconds. All right, y'all. It's been a minute.